Welcome to episode 39 of the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the inspirational Guy Ridgeway. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Guy's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's Guy. Hello, Guy. Hey, nice one, Ian. Uh, I'm super excited to have you on the show because you're someone that I've not seen for a long, 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 long time, it feels. I saw you a little bit in person before lockdown and then... uh, yeah, lockdown happened and I haven't seen you online. Have you been online at all? Um, no, no, I've not done any of the, the online ones, but I have been back on the on the yeah. sessions, the drop-in sessions, etc. Yeah, I'd heard that you'd been back in real life. So yeah, I want to talk to you about the whole lockdown period and, and what kept you away from online. But first of all, let's just jump straight into things as always and find out how did you get involved in improv comedy? Well, um, it's um, it's quite a detailed little story, and um, some of it is a little bit like a few people have mentioned, quite spontaneous. But there's other parts of the story that are a little bit more intentional, um, and it actually goes back a long, long way. Um, in the late '90s, I uh, had a business along with uh, my partner, and um, we did a acting course okay. which was uh, based on improv really and I loved it and um, it was about seven or eight weeks and it was uh, run by a guy in Liverpool called George I can never remember his surname mm. and I sort of got the bug um, for that kind of um, activity then but life took over many years later um, but I always had it in the back of my mind. And and then about, well, five years ago, my mum died. My mum passed away. Oh, and um, I decided to, um, <clears throat> without going into too much detail about my the work history, I decided to change the way that I was working. Uh, okay. I've been self-employed. I've worked for myself for many, many years. And my mum always had a problem with, uh, saying what do you do for a living it was never <laughs> easy to explain right. what I did and um, when she passed I went through this big process of thinking about what would it what is it that my mother wanted most out of, out of me and um, <clears throat> I settled on this thing about having some sort of identity and work anyway I became involved with an organization that um, encourages trade on the high street and very quickly became the chair of that organization and decided to do some public speaking. Okay. And this is getting closer to the reason I got back <laughs> is because I joined a public speaking club in Chester, which I really enjoyed. And um, someone in the class said to me, you should try improv as well. Okay. And I did. And I met Emma in a Chester weekend session. It was a Saturday, 12 weeks or eight weeks. And I joined Emma's class on those, those Saturdays above some, uh, in a pub, above uh, a pub on the lock there, Lock Keeper's Cottage, I think. Oh, yeah. Like that. And, and that was it. And um, I loved that session. I loved those six or seven weeks or whatever it was. And I met some really, really funny people. And, um, and that stuck with me and I loved it. And for many, 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 many weeks, I was wanting to pop into the Pilgrim in Liverpool. Right. Never took the courage. Now I was busy as well, but I had, I've got property in Liverpool, which I managed. Right. And um, one Monday night, I decided to uh, pop in and then the rest of the history. I've kept on going since then. Awesome. Now well, That's quite a long-winded story, but... Well, it's all right. Well, everyone's got a great story to tell, and that's what we're here for. We're here to hear the stories. Um, so when you first did that drama course, was that like the, the first time you'd ever really done any kind of drama? Did you not do it when you were younger? Um, no. Um, maybe maybe when I was... I, I, I do remember being in a, a Pirates of Penzance thing. Okay. 
when I was at school, but uh, no, um, that was pretty much the only thing that I'd done. And we did it as a, a management tool. We, we, were, we were kind of um, quite progressive at the time. And the guy, George, the guy in Liverpool, he was doing, he, he was a big fan of Stanis Lasky, who was like a method actor. Right. And, um, but the stuff that he taught us on those weekends were, were very much games orientated, very much like uh, with a feel for improv. And um, um, it led us to create a um, pantomime of their own um, amongst oh, wow. employers, employees, sorry, of the company that we ran. And we, we produced a, um, a gay take on uh, Cinderella. We called it Cinderfella. And we <laughs> hired a pub in the middle of Liverpool and, and uh, produced this uh, pantomime. About 90 people turned up. It was really spectacular. I was awesome. the fairy godmother in a pink tutu and a pair of Doc Martens. And, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awesome. But it was a, basically it was a team building exercise, really. Oh, that, that sounds awesome. It sounds like a great place to work. <laughs> I guess it was, yeah. But um, I kind of burned myself out about 2003. And, uh, I moved from Liverpool and I moved to Shropshire. So All right. I finished that, that, that section of my life, if you want. So when someone said to you that you should give improv a go, was that because when you were doing the public speaking things, were you making people laugh a lot? Um, yeah, because really public speaking classes weren't for me because I was more of a storyteller. and the, Right. The, the Toastmaster um, kind of setup, I don't know if you've ever been on one, is quite formulaic and um, lots of rules and um, quite Americanized. And it didn't quite suit the kind of stories I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell right. very short, sharp, but funny stories. And um, that produced speeches that lasted 25 minutes and things right. like that and um, didn't really turn me on. But um I, I did enjoy the, speak, the public speaking. I learned quite a lot, but uh, I learned more with Emma than I did in public speaking. To be honest. <laughs> so when you went along to an improv session for the first time, what were you feeling? Were you quite apprehensive about it, not coming from like, a massive performing background? Uh, not really, not apprehensive. I was a little bit shy, but um, I, w I wasn't really afraid of what might what might happen you know, I quite like being chucked in at the deep end I quite like being outside my comfort zone so yeah. um I wasn't apprehensive on that score um the very first thing that Emma said to me or said to the class is you don't need to be funny and um up until that point I did think you had to be funny but um yeah. it, it's you know I continued not being funny all the way through so <laughs> It's been, quite, it's been quite good knowing that and um, um, that was a great bit of advice and um, once you realise you can let yourself go and play a bit then it, it you know it becomes very very enjoyable yeah the whole sort of not being funny thing it seems weird because when you I think when the average person thinks of improv they think of whose line and it's called improv comedy so even even when it's not being funny it's it still has the name improv comedy and when I was going into it, I, I I thought I knew what improv was. I thought, oh, yeah, you've got to just got to be spontaneously funny. And that's what it is. But I've learned so much uh, since, since doing it these last sort of couple of years. And it's it's quite an incredible thing, the effect they can actually have on on so many aspects of your life, I think, particularly well-being. Oh, gosh, I, I totally agree. I, th I think it's amazing actually the, the things that you can learn in an improv class and um and it's like anything else when you get a little bit better at something you know you get energy for it you get enthusiasm for it you you start to think about it a bit more study about it a bit more you want to do the best you possibly can and i think the more you put into anything really in life the, better you, the, the more you get out of you know the better you can get yeah. there is there is so much depth to improv i mean it's it is just quite remarkable in terms of what what impact it can have on one's persona, character, life, attitude towards others. It is mm. bad, really. So how long were you sort of involved in improv before you discovered long form? Well, that, the long form is is a new one for me. You know, um, I haven't attended anything with Emma long form because she's not been well, but um, I, I met uh, Jen Ardy uh, for the first time uh, on a Tuesday night. 
yeah. only a few weeks ago. And I tell you, it was one of the best classes I've ever been. It was, she was incredibly funny and talented and instructive. And it was just a really good session. Um, and I, I did, I, I enjoyed it so much. I've been back twice. I've, I've done three sessions now. I can't always make a Tuesday though. So it's, yeah. I, 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 I'm kind of dipping in between a Monday and a Tuesday now. Yeah, I, I recently interviewed Jen and I was blown away by her just vast knowledge of all things improv. She she really knew her stuff and yeah, she was really fascinating to talk to. Yeah, she's a remarkable character. I really enjoy and um, being around her, to be honest. And um, I mean, Emma's just immense. I just think she's such a talent and she's brilliant. She's a great teacher. Um but um, I do like the long form, and um, um, Michael, who uh, attends mostly on a Monday, he kept saying to me, "You ought to try the long form. You ought to try the long form." Yeah. And I love Michael. I think Michael's one of the most naturally funny people I've ever oh, met. Yeah. And, Super um, so on that first Tuesday, I was hoping that he would be there, but he's actually not been there. So Michael, where <laughs> are you on a Tuesday? Because I love you to be on one of the sessions that I'm on. Yeah, I've not actually uh, like properly spoken to Michael for a while, and yeah, I miss him. I I miss uh, performing with him and just having a laugh with him. So I hope I do encounter him in some sessions again soon. Well, when I when I was listening to his podcast that you did with him, um, I think his first session was the first session I also went to. Oh, really? At uh, the Pilgrim, yeah. Awesome. Because I, I I remember talking to him that night, and um, I I was really under the impression that he was a professional actor. Even though he did very little that night, I just thought that I don't know. He just gave up this thing. Yeah, he's weird. That is. Yeah, he's one of those that really he's very unassuming. Uh, he's super, really nice and polite. And then, soon as the scene kicks in, he just he just does the, the subtlest things, and he does it in such a really clever way that he, he very, always very, very clever. Yeah, there's some always... very talented people that go these these classes, though. They're, oh, you yeah. know, they're all very talented, all very good. And I think that's what I love about about the improv community, particularly LCI, because that's I guess the community that I've been most immersed in. And I love all the different characters and how everyone's got their own take on improv. And it's great that we can all be so different yet all work very together much. and produce some magic. I think that's fascinating, and that's a big stark difference between public speaking as a Toastmaster and going to improv, because um, in some senses, the public speaking classes, they, they kind of iron out the character and make everyone yeah. a little bit two-dimensional. Um, I'm, I'm not saying there are talented public speakers within the Toastmaster thing. There are. It's very much, you know you get applauded, you get marked, you get assessed on, on the basis of a, a set criteria. Yeah. And, you know, unless you're quirky, there's very little of personality that can shine through a, a public speech as such. Um, improv is totally different and uh, character is the strongest thing and the most appealing thing I find out of, out of improv, you know, discovering yeah. the different characters. And everybody has a different kind of set, a set of different set of, triggers and humor um offers and it's um it's unique and it's very very good for them yeah definitely now i'd like to talk to you about sort of improv online and what is it that kept you away from improv online uh i did um i'm not first and foremost i guess i'm not a great rule follower i'm, I'm not i wasn't you know right at the beginning when this thing happened um i was very sort of skeptical um of what it was all about um clearly there's you know people were dying and there was there was some serious matters going on but i don't I, i'm i'm not trusting of the people that make decisions for us right. so okay i was very much resistant to anything that resembled a, a rule or a, a, a the like um and then so I, I kind of rejected the notion of computer coming together um, on, the, on one of that on that basis. But then I did sort of give in. Um, I have a friend, uh, well, I can call her a friend, who runs an organisation called Trigger Conversations. And 
respect her very highly. I think she's got a lovely business and it's a very interesting concept. Um, she invited me to one of the trigger nights. Right. The trigger is a way to build conversation. She's created conversation uh, templates and, and all that. There's a lot of similarities to what she does and what Emily does. Okay. In terms of improv. In fact, I have put the two together and they have spoken to each other. Um, oh, I'm a firm believer of introductions and opportunities. Yeah. And so I did go on um, one of one of uh, Georgie's courses or nights or sessions, and I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the content, but I didn't enjoy sitting in front of the, the laptop. Um, and a week later, um, Emma launched her online ones, and my attitude just wasn't right. And um, I just tripped over myself thinking that um, improv won't be the same and I won't get as much out of it. She very much enjoyed sort of, yeah. you know, the thing that's created in the space, physical. And so I just bowed out. And then as the longer that you leave it, the less likely it is for me hmm. to go engaged again. You know? but, um, yeah. So I guess I missed out because one of the things that I've been really impressed with is how Emma has managed a business throughout this period and yeah. expanded a business, seen the opportunity, expanded the horizons of LCI into, you know, other countries particularly. And yeah. Other parts of this country. And it's been it's been very, very impressive. So I kind of missed out on that. Yeah. So what was it like going back to improv having spent such a long period away from it? Well the first night I went back Nobody turned up, so I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I've never, I've never asked Emma what happened, but maybe I got the dates wrong or went a week too early or something. Um, yeah, it was really weird. It was um, obviously re relief in seeing everyone that was safe and sound and, and yeah. body and mind, and um, um, it it was it was good on that sense. It was a little bit sort of reserved, you know. Nobody hmm. knew quite knew how close they could get um, yeah. and stuff. And I did think that um, a lot of the scenes might be taken up with COVID-related <laughs> issues, but they weren't actually. So that was that was not a good thing. But overall, it's been it's been great to be back, to be honest. I, I missed it. And uh, I, like I say, I mean, I travel an hour after the improv class at nine, so I don't get home till quarter past ten. All right. And it's well worth staying over <clears throat> for in Liverpool. I've usually finished my business around about five o'clock on a Mondays or a Tuesday, so I go to right. a restaurant somewhere and uh, wait for the seven o'clock. And then, uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't uh, would not do it because I really enjoy it. So yeah, it's just great to be back, to be honest. Yeah, I, I've i still been going to some of the online ones and I, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, trying to get to the final loaf. I did do some of the, the park prov sessions and they were really good. Yeah. Uh, but they looked I, interesting there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. It, it's weird. So it was in person, but it's weird not having walls around you. It just makes it very different. Were there many onlookers for that, uh, for those sessions? Um, do you know, I thought there would be. And when I first went, I was, I guess, a bit self-conscious because I thought, oh, we're in the park. People are going to be looking at what we're doing. And, you know, I'd been doing it online intensely. And you can do what you want in your own house. And the people that are looking at you on the screen, they're all people in the same boat. So I was a bit apprehensive and I thought, well, people are going to be looking at us thinking, what on earth is going on? But then it started and I just got fully into it. And I didn't even really notice people walking by. No. And yeah, I think every now and again, I, I did look up and I could see someone walking past with a dog and they would just like have a little look. And I remember one time, this woman walked over and spoke to Stu Hughes, who was sat just behind me. And I heard her say to him, like, what's going on here? Like, what is this? It looks like you're having such a good time. And then Stu just sort of explained, you know, this is improv comedy. Uh, we're LCI. If you're interested, go look on the website, blah, blah. Um, but I thought it was cool that this woman just came over to find out what it was, purely based on the fact that she thought that uh, it looked like we were having a lot of fun. And yeah, because I've always thought that there's, there's some games we play in the Fly and the Loaf and what we played at the Pilgrim that, you know, 
if people could see us and they didn't understand what we were doing, they would actually think that we were absolutely crazy. So I always <laughs> imagined that, um, you know, I wonder what happens with the park life. My, my old man would have said they're sending for the green van now. <laughs> and with improv, do you find that it, it helps you sort of in, in daily life? If you're in situations where some people might be flustered, do you think sort of the practice of improv helps to give you ideas quicker than the average person? Um, I'm going to say I've always been sharp and quick and, <laughs> and quick witted. I mean, for my sins, I'm one of these people that will talk to anybody who's got a name badge on. And um, I guess it does, it, gave, it gives you that extra little bit of ammunition. I've never lacked in that department. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, I, I think the, the the biggest attribute that I think improv has given me is is is, is given me a sense of reaffirmed identity in terms of understanding that even though I'm a fully grown adult, I can still play. Yeah. And I can still draw upon those crazy childish years and moments that you know, we when we when we played freely and without without um, concern for anything but in you know crazy play and um, I think that is that is such an important um, element and quality to have to to go back that and and to allow yourself that kind of activity. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, life is far too stressful, far too quick, far too far too yeah. important and and urgent. You know. And um, yeah. don't give themselves enough time to completely play and to, to be silly and to make fools of yourself with like minds. Yeah, I I look at some people and I just say, how how do you get through the day? Because you're just one big ball of stress. Like you turn everything into a drama and you just stress about everything. Like I would not be able to exist in that kind of life where the smallest thing is the biggest thing you know yeah i mean there's another there's another thing going on for me as well um the question about how i got into improv and the, the little steps i said that there was something that was subconsciously there at the back of my mind and then there's yeah. been moments when you know opportunities have happened and i've gone in for it but um again drawing back to the time of my mum's death um um I was wrong about what I be I believe I was wrong about what my mother wanted, and it wasn't about, you know, what you do, guy. You know, it it was why you drink so much, and <laughs> right. I was a big drinker at the okay. time, and my life has been pretty much surrounded by drink and more different kind of substances as well. Right, and um. She died in the February. In the Christmas, the following Christmas, I was over in Ireland with um, my godchild uh, and her family. Um, I was sitting on a, a rather posh kitchen stool with a glass of wine at 11 that morning. And at one the next morning, I'd still got wine in front of me. Right. And I was also reading a, a very tragic book about a uh, a group of girls in Afghanistan. I put the book down and finished it about 10 past one and I burst into tears. I put my wine down and I turned to my godchild's mother and I said, I'm not drinking again. And I haven't drank since. And wow. that journey, I think, has encompassed a number of things, improv being one of them, that yeah. have realigned myself, realigned who I am, my character, my identity. And so it's been part of a number of things that I've done um, about throwing myself out of comfort zones, about doing something that brings yeah. me back to childhood and, you know, takes all that stress away. Um, and it's been a very vital key and component to that, that journey. So wow. Emma and all the people that go improv, you know, it's um, a fine, big thank you from me. <laughs> well, that's awesome to hear. An important so, stage. Yeah. Now, I I don't drink. I've never been a drinker. I've never been drunk in my life. So I can't imagine what it's like to to give up 
uh, alcohol, but what I hear, it can be a pretty tough thing. So the fact that you were able to to stick it out and that improv was able to help in that process, that that's a wonderful thing. So well done. Yeah, it's um, it's been an interesting journey. I was um, a lot bigger and heavier when I first stopped, and um, <laughs> along with exercise and the gym and God knows what and and improv has been it's been a, a big um, a big key components like I say of that journey I was listening to Helen's um another funny person I love watching yeah. Helen improvise yeah she's great she's very very talented individual I was listening to her and one of the things that um motivated her or, or what she did afterwards was to do a 10 minute com- comedy spot yeah I wish I was there to see it well I went um I'm sorry Alan but I can outmaneuver you on this one because I went and opened a comedy club shortly after meeting oh. um, another improv person in wow. Emma's Chester session. Yeah. Um, a really funny guy called Phil Green. It, um, he was with his um, girlfriend, then girlfriend, it's his, now his wife. They've moved to America now. But I, he was such a hilarious guy. And um, I really enjoyed working with him and, and being around him. And uh, we met up a few times and um, he was talking about comedy and I said well there isn't a comedy club where I work I'm going to open one will you be the 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 add-on show you know the PA or whatever they call them and he was and we did a series of gigs together awesome and he was um the the MA isn't it where we introduced the acts and stuff so uh MC the master the master of ceremonies yeah master of ceremonies I should know that from a public speaking (laughs) (laughs) and that in itself is a skill to to be on a stage and be hosting, especially like a comedy night, because you have to be funny, but you have to make sure that you're not going to outshine the actual comedy acts. So it's he really was very good at it. It was very good. Phil was, he was a lovely bloke and um, very good at it. So yeah, so we opened it. Oh, I opened a comedy club. I ended up employing his girlfriend as well, because at the same time, I had a, a mid-century furniture shop in Chester along Brook Street. Right. She came to work for me in there, and Phil was working for me at the comedy club. So it was, um, very much improv-led um, couple of enterprises. <laughs> awesome. Like you said uh, earlier that you'd you'd always been sort of quite sharp-witted, and something I found with getting into improv was it was really nice to just be appreciated. Like I love puns and wordplay, and in normal life, they're sort of shunned. Like people. I know people appreciate them, but they don't allow themselves to publicly say that they like like puns and one-liners. They'll always just say, oh, your rubbish jokes, your dad jokes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I don't understand why they're not appreciated in the way that they are in the improv community. Because in the improv community, it, it's it's appreciated and it's loved and it's applauded and like respected. Like The quick-wittedness is really respected and it's great to be in an environment where what comes naturally to you is actually celebrated instead of marked. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Um, I, I love that part of improv. I, I love that spontaneity of quick thinking. And um, sometimes when you, you you are quick thinking, just saying something within the moment, not necessarily intending it to be funny, but it can take on a funny context because you bang right up into the moment or you flip something on its head. So yeah, there's lots of opportunities for that kind of I really enjoy that. One of the games we played the other night, actually, I was at the long form class weekend. There was only five people there, but it was really, it was a good class again, top of the form in terms of the instruction. And a game I've never played before, but um, we played on Tuesday. And I don't know the name of it because I'm hopeless on names. <laughs> Basically there was a character on stage and we, Given him a scenario or a place to be, and um, he was he or she was messing around with various objects, and we were sitting down, and we were the voice of those objects. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was really clever because you can be really witty and funny, and that's because the kind of pressure's off. You've got a little <laughs> bit of time to think as well, but you've also got to be quick. Yeah, and um, it, that I really enjoyed that game. So I know you said you're not great with names, but can you think of some games that you favour over others, like a particular type of game? Well, um, 
one of the games that Emma, in fact, the last time I saw Emma, she introduced the game in the short form class, which is, she did say at the time, it was more of a, a long form type of game. But we played it anyway, and right. on the on the short form. I haven't seen Emma since this this night. Michael's there this night. Alan was there this night, and it's again. I can't remember the name, but basically, it was. I think it was um, Henry or something like that. Henry. Is it Harold? Henry or Harold? Uh, but basically, you 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 are a character, and um, then you've got. There's say six of you in a line. You are a character. You the next person's a character. Blah blah blah. And you 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 are then given a situation, and you're all related. And then you start off having a problem. Okay. So um, it has to resolve itself by the time it goes round. So I I had a scene with the person to my left, and then I had a scene with the person to their left, and it went round until you right. you all done this scene, and the, the narrative continues to go. I think it's called an Henry, but it was really a clever. Henry. Okay. And it was really, really good. It was so funny. And <laughs> I could tell that everyone that was in that, that class that night, everyone was buzzing off this narrative going round and the scenario that we created. It was very clever and very, very good. That's that my favourite game I've ever played. Awesome. And do you ever recall having that r- real moment of, oh, yeah, I get this, the penny drop moment, I call it, when you realised that improv was for you? I think, I think, yeah, I think I can recall the moment when I stopped being hesitant or stopped hiding behind somebody to step forward. Um, and I think, you know, well, I think once you realise you can step forward at any moment in time and make a contribution, I think then you, you, your improv goes in a different way. And you, 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 you're much happier engaging because, you know, you're there to... You're there to reinforce belief in yourself. And when you make that big step, then you, you do that. Yeah. When I first started going the pilgrim, um, it, it was obviously pre-COVID time. I, I think I went one class, there was as many as 30 people there. So <laughs> it was massively difficult for Emma to control and to involve everybody. So there yeah. were opportunities where you could stand behind and hide. You know what I mean? She, she couldn't have eyes in the back of her head and she couldn't make sure everybody, you know, it was up to everybody to want to volunteer yeah i think for the first couple of times i i had i was hesitant you know to step into this into this gang if you like because yeah. automatically coming from a six or seven week course in chester come to the big city of liverpool and the pilgrim i looked around me and i thought everyone here is you know these are these these are not dropping people these are people that live and breathe improv i thought you know what i mean and, yeah you know, so those first couple of times of the pilgrim, I, I I did hide a little bit. I did, I was hesitant. But once I made that step, and I think that is the moment once you know that, you know, you can impact and you can feel better and confident and happy doing it, then that that is for me. Yeah, this is right. And then of course your first laugh if someone <laughs> sniggers at you or laughs at you. Everybody's so generous with their humour. Yeah, you know me because. Humor is very individual, but yeah, when you get that first sort of acknowledgement and life, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I remember my first night was in Chester, and I turned up, and I thought I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be quite sheepish, and I'll just sort of sit back because I just assumed everyone else was gonna be really good, and even though in in my sort of life, I, I'm quite well versed in, in drama and, and improv activities. I was like, well, these are all going to be like proper pros and I'm just going to sit at the back. And instantly, as soon as I walked in, I sat down and I was looking around and I remember Cat uh, Cook just was so delightful, super nice. And she just started chatting to me and then other people started chatting to me. And then I was quickly realizing that lots of other people were there for the first time or the second or third time. And it made me relax a bit more. And then I could see people were just fully going into games and just not caring. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I can fully just let loose here. So I was letting loose and I was loving it. And then everyone was just so nice and people were coming up to me afterwards and just being really complimentary. And I was, I just wasn't used to it because I, it's not normal in life. Like in most circles I'm in, people aren't nice and complimentary all the time. And I was just instantly... I just instantly fell in love with the idea that I'd found a place where people 
were genuinely appreciative for you just trying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I I I like to see that. I'll, I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing strangers and coming in and having a go and, and, and chucking themselves in. And over the over the months and years, a couple of years that I've been a regular, there have been some really good people that you know only see once. You know, you do wonder. You know, wonder what happened. Why? Yeah. Why they've not come back, or they've come back and I've not been around. Um, and but I also like seeing people improve, not just in terms of improving improv, because you know, um, but improve in terms of their own belief in themselves. And I've, yeah. I've seen that happen quite a few times, and I quite I get inspired by that. I get inspired by you know seeing somebody enjoying themselves and knowing and nodding themselves and saying yeah. And I yeah. get to see that quite a lot. I, I, I really enjoyed, there was um, a, an opus on names. I can't remember the names and I've not seen them since lockdown. I've not seen them online and I've not seen them since. But there was a, a, a brother and sister couple in the Pilgrim, a girl and a boy. Um, um, he, he was, I think he was, they might have been twins. I think he might have been younger. Emerald, 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 Is it Paul and Lucinda? Paul did she work at a fish factory or something? Yeah, she did, yeah. They were so funny. They were so funny. If they read or listen to this, come back because <laughs> you're so funny. The pair of them were great. And, um, yeah, I, I do wonder about, you know, when people don't come back. But um, I love seeing people improve and I love seeing people, you know, feel good about what they do. It's, yeah. It's a big inspiration for me. And... It's funny because even though everyone is so nice, I still find that we still doubt ourselves. Like um, I was in a position recently where I was invited to do improv. It wasn't a class. It wasn't a show. It was just a group of improvisers that were, were sort of asked, hey, here's a, here's a room. Uh, let's just get together and like try some long form sets and just sort of dust off the cobwebs after lockdown and get in person and have fun. And I was super nervous going into it i and i've been doing improv so much in the last sort of 18 months it's been a massive part of my life and i was like oh wow i've not really done long form before or outside of a, of a class i've been doing online things and i'd done a couple of in-person sessions and i was like i'm just going to be turning up and just going for it with all of these like i saw the names of the people that were going and i was like wow I've heard of a lot of these people and they're super talented people that have been doing it for a long, long time, quite successfully. And I, I was quite surprised that my name was even on the same list as theirs. And then when I got there, it was just great. Everyone was doing it. And I, I felt very quickly like, oh yeah, I do belong here. And then I remember at the end, we were just talking and it was like, does anyone have anything to say? And I said, I just wanted to thank you all because I came here feeling like I was going to be out of my depth and that I, I didn't necessarily belong here. And I said, and you instantly all just made me feel very welcome. And Helen, you mentioned Helen before, Helen Jones, and she said the same thing. She said, this is my first time actually just doing this outside of a class environment and just really trusting myself. And like I was shocked because she, the way it worked was a few of us sat out and were the audience for each other. And I'd sat out the first sort of set and she was in it and instantly she was awesome. Like she was coming in and she had so many great ideas and I was really blown away. And I just assumed that it's something she's clearly like all the others, she's been doing this her whole life. And then for her to say that that was her first night as well, I was like, wow, it just goes to show you just can't, you can't guess these things. No, no, and she is very, very talented. I love watching her um, work and she makes me laugh. But what I quite enjoy, um, you know, that thing about the improvements. I mean, you don't, you, I kind of don't monitor myself. I don't, I don't know whether or not I'm any good at this or not. All I know is that I enjoy it and I, I know that people occasionally laugh at some of the hmm. things I do. But um, it, it kind of becomes insignificant, really, in, in, in the grand scheme of things. When you see people like there's a, a chap, don't see very often called Asha. Have you come across him? Yeah. I think I, he's a, a very, you should get him on because he's, he's very confident, very, he, he's, he, he's, he's one of those natural, um, funny people. Yeah. But he probably doesn't know how funny he is, you know. <laughs> um, and, and 
there's a guy there was a guy there last night Stuart I don't know his surname is this Stu Hughes yeah he's yeah. so good he's incredible he's so, he's so good both both of those people quite in, inspire me and then there's a, a new guy I've met since the lockdown um and his name's Jeff he's really tall fella yeah um, love Jeff Alan's mate funny naturally funny you know watching more yeah. than long so there's some very very talented people and being around people that you know are a couple of levels above you and um you know do things in a different way yourself included you, you're natural about that you know oh, you're well, thank actually you very much. wonderful to watch and uh, it's inspiring and so you know it makes you want to be that little bit better and concentrate a little bit more and do that little bit more you know and um that's all part of the, the process of how improv welcomes you in. You know what I mean? It's very, very infectious. Yeah. And you mentioned Stu and Jeff there. They're two people that I, I genuinely, I just I just love them so much. And they'll probably never know how much I appreciate them. Stu is an Oike. He's in my troop, the Oikers. And he is probably one of the nicest people on planet Earth. And he's he puts everyone else before himself. And he, he always kind of puts himself down. But as an improviser, his brain is incredible. Like he thinks of things and I'm just like, I never would have gone down that trail of thought and he really makes me laugh. And I don't think he knows how much he makes me laugh. Yeah, me too. Me, I second that one. He's very funny. <laughs> and um, Jeff as well. I remember my very first scene with Jeff, it was online and I'd been in this sort of loop of just doing sessions with the same people for quite a long time. And then all of a sudden, uh, Jeff appeared in a session and we did this scene together and instantly I felt at home with him. And I said to, I said to my girlfriend, Seki, like, when we were finished, I just said, did you see the scenes I was doing with Jeff? I was like, he was incredible. He, he was like making me feel like I really had to raise my game. And he was like really funny. He was making me laugh. I was, I was struggling to keep a straight face in, in our very first scene together. He's brilliant. He always, when I see him, I saw him a couple of weeks back walking towards the, the Monday night session. And he looked to me, um, a man who just given a cookery demonstration, demonstration to about 50 people. He's then coming to make everybody laugh for two hours in improv and then probably going down the road on an open mic or a guitar or something. He's, yeah. He just struck me as being a multi-talented individual that can, you know, nothing was impossible so yeah great yeah. great job <laughs> uh, so i just want to think about moving forwards what do you think your improv future has in store oh no idea um who knows um i've been um out of improv because i mentioned there was a number of things that i was doing um I'm a storyteller at best, I think. That's yeah. uh, where my big passions lie. And I've wrote, written um, about 96 or so, well, about, I have written 96 uh, up to date, short um, flash fiction type of pieces. I call them rack and tour pieces. Right. Uh, basically basically um, snippets of um, a mixture of fact and fiction. Um, you know, not quite in the theme of Dave Allen, but sort of, um, you know, not not that far off. The sort of sort of a mix um, between that kind of style and a, a, a stand-up style. But I love stories and I love storytelling, and I think stories and storytelling is are the, are the art of everything that we do as individuals. And yeah, um, you know, I I think I've got quite a lot to say and. Um, so improv has helped me to frame some of those stories and hopefully awesome. it helped me when I come to perform those stories. I've started a raconteur club in Shrewsbury. Um, um, it's only just got off the ground. And the idea is um, um, to invite a load of like minds to basically stand up for five minutes and entertain wow. with a story. So um, it's a kind of offshoot of improv it's a kind of offshoot of public speaking it's a kind of offshoot yeah um you know spoken word and comedy so yeah so that's i guess that's the kind of area that um i'm interested in particularly in that, that way 
So if there's people listening and they're interested in getting involved in that, how can they get involved? Well, I mean, the, the, the group that I've set up is in Shrewsbury prim- primarily because it's only yeah. 20 minutes from where I live. But um, I'd be up to sitting around and discussing. Uh, Helen's been very kind, actually. She's given me a couple of um, links to a couple of people that do a similar kind of night. Okay. Yeah, checked any of them out, but I have been to one in Manchester quite a while. And at the moment, I'm just sort of tag-ending onto spoken word nights and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, ideally, I'd like to sort of reshape that that kind of presentation, that kind of evening, and make it more of a rack and tour type of event. So awesome. I guess if there are interests in people that we know and um, in Liverpool or Chester or whatever, then yeah, we should sit down and talk and try and make it happen. Yeah, I'm very be. much a person that can make things happen. So that's-, <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> uh, well... I'm going to bring it to an end there because I've just seen the time, uh, but I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this chat with you. No worries. Thank you very much. And thank you everybody in the Prof community that I know. Awesome. And that I'm going to say goodbye. (laughs) Cheers, Ian. Take it easy, man. Well, thank you so much to Guy. That was a really great chat. And I loved that he just came on and was so honest and open. And I particularly loved how he was so complimentary about so many other people in the LCI community. You know, lots of people we've had on as guests in the past and people that you may well be familiar with, those of you that are listening because you're all part of the LCI community and I just think it's again it's just really highlighting highlighting to me how wonderful this community is and how it's all about building each other up rather than tearing each other down and I just wish all aspects of of life was as wonderful as this community Uh, so let's really make the most of this community uh, by continuing to just uh, be so open to each other's ideas and just very thankful for each other. Now, as a show, if you were listening last week, we ended up in a bit of a different situation and we had no guest. Well, I had a guest. I had Seki on as a guest, but it wasn't to talk about her. It was to talk about... A particular topic we spoke last week about getting back to improv in real life and those of you that get the newsletter from Emma uh, about all things LCI may well have seen this but I'm gonna I'm gonna read I, I was gonna say something about this but I thought Emma put this probably better than I could uh, put it in her email so this is from the most recent LCI newsletter if you don't get the newsletter and you'd like to subscribe uh, just check out the lci website and all the, all the information you need will be there uh, to get you on the mailing list uh, but this is uh, what was sent out to everybody in an email from emma we're moving into general improv topics as well as interviewing lci community members about their improv journey so if you'd like to chat about any topic in improv that you are passionate about then get in touch to be a guest Maybe you're passionate about improv and well-being, improv and creativity, a favourite show or team, your best improv experience yet, group mind and how to cultivate it, improv and friendship, your favourite game and why you love it, any topic, any passion, any opinion, share it with us. Returning podcast guests and new guests, all welcome. And it's the returning guest bit that uh, I'm excited about because uh, I am just really happy to be able to have some of the wonderful guests back on and this time have the focus not on them but on a particular question but still getting their opinion and if that is you then great get in touch have you got a burning desire to talk about a particular element of improv and how it's impacted your life perhaps you've been on the show before and perhaps you haven't been on the show before now i know there are some people that I've spoken to you about possibly coming on as a guest before but they didn't really want to talk about themselves so this is a great way to get you on as a guest but just uh, talking about a particular 
topic in general without digging too deep into your life. So if anything that I've said there sounds like it's something that interests you, then please get in touch with me or get in touch with Emma, who can then put you in touch with me if you're not in touch with me in any way, and we will make it happen. I love chatting to the people of the LCI community. I love that we have this platform for people to come on and not just tell us about themselves, but you know, really give us their insight and give us their opinion and just have a place where they know that they are welcome and their opinion is welcome and their story is appreciated. So if you would like to be a guest on the show in future, perhaps you're a listener that's not yet had your story told. I'm still looking to get people on to interview them about their improv journey. And I've got a few people that I am trying to make my way through a list of and I look forward to those. But I'm also excited to talk about some of the wonderful topics that were suggested and what I read you there or perhaps you've got some great topics of your own ideas of your own that you want to talk about let's make it happen I'm quite a busy person right now but I am committed to trying to do my best to fit these interviews into my schedule and hopefully our schedules can unite like the Avengers and uh, create audio magic now, with all of that being said, I'm going to wrap up this week's show. I thank you for listening. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that you take time out of your busy schedule to have this in your ears. And I hope that it brings you a little bit of joy and puts a little bit of positivity into your life. Now, if you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Live Comedy Improv. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page. That's where we do a lot of our posting. We post new episodes every Monday and we have the link posted there we post a trailer every Thursday and lots of other show information goes out there as well if you're a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we'll make the arrangements as soon as possible if you are listening on, listening on Apple Podcasts and I know lots of you do please uh, rate the show uh, give us five stars it's little things like that that really help to boost the show and get our name out there if you want to check out me on social media you can find me on facebook instagram twitter and youtube just search for at ian luke jones i love to direct people towards my youtube uh, because there's all sorts of content on there from improv videos to me just being a bit silly uh, you can go back and check out some uh, motivation videos from me on there and there's lots of music and all sorts so just check it out I really appreciate if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel and just support uh, the things that I'm putting out into the world. I really would appreciate that. And that brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the show. But before I go, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv. And yes, and... <laughs>